section twenty of in old plantation days by paul lawrence dunbar this librivox recording is in the public domain the easter wedding the brief sharp winter had passed and easter was approaching as easter monday was a great day for marrying aunt suki's patience was entirely worn out with her master's hesitancy for which she could see no reason she had long ago given her consent and young liza had said yes to ben too many days passed to talk about and the old woman could not see why the white man the one least concerned should either object or hesitate she had lorded it in the family for so long that it now seemed very hard suddenly to be denied anything i tell you mass lancaster she said them two chillin ben gallantin wid each other too long to pot dem now how'd you a felt when you spakin miss dolly ef somebody'd a helt you a pot and kep you from marryin huh cause i knows you gwine say ben and lies des niggers but law mass you'd be surprised when hit come to lovin dem two des de same as white folks in de feelins it was perhaps this point in the old woman's argument that overcame robert lancaster's objections he surrendered and gave his consent to the marriage of suki's lies and his boy ben on the monday following easter great were the rejoicings that attended the announcement of the affair and because suki herself was a great person on the plantation and ben his master's valet the wedding was to be no small one as the days passed the preparations were hastened the mistress herself went into town and purchased such a dress as only suki's daughter could have thought of wearing even though both easter and her wedding day came at the same time the young mistress she who had married early but was widowed and sad now had brought out a once used orange wreath and a veil as filmy as a fairy spider's web and both the white mother and daughter took as deep an interest in the affair as did the two black women while suki and liza spun and wove they laughed chatted and sewed and they could not understand why robert lancaster kept so close to his library and looked on at all the preparations with no gladness in his eyes and no mirth on his tongue he was closeted often with strange men from town but they thought very little of that he was a popular man and it was not to be wondered at that he should be visited by people who did not know him it may have been that robert lancaster was an arch dissembler or only that he was less transparent than his brother the good and childlike rector who cared for the souls of the whole country and for the bodies of one-half its population and took no thought for the morrow it was on his face that they first saw the cloud that hung over them all robert himself was slow to confess it and when his wife went to him and taxed him with holding something from her some trouble on his mind that he was bearing alone he confessed all and she took up the burden of it with him for some time past things had gone badly with him he had been careless of his crops and overindulgent with his servants a man drawn apart from the mere commercial pursuits of life to the quieter world of literature and art he had paid little attention to the affairs of his plantation and suddenly he awoke to find his overseer rich and himself poor little or nothing was left of all that had been his except his wife his daughter and his memories but what grieved him most was that his slaves beings whom he had treated almost as his own children whom he had indulged and spoiled until they were not fit to work for any other master would have to be put upon the block he knew what that meant and felt all the horror of it he had fostered fidelity among them and he knew that now it would fall back upon them 
bringing only suffering and pain for wives and husbands who had been together for years must be separated and whole families broken up it was for this reason dolly he said that i objected to the marriage of ben and eliza they are two good whole-souled darkies and they love each other i suppose as well as we ever could have loved and it seems hard to let them go into the farce of marrying with the chance of being separated again in three or four weeks won't you be able to keep them anyway robert asked his wife no i am sorry i cannot i shall keep a few of the older servants who would be absolutely useless to a new master but the greed of my creditors will swallow everything that is of any commercial value his wife put her arms about his neck and laid her cheek against his never mind robert she said never mind we have our dolly still and each other then there is james so we shall get on very well after all but what of ben and eliza will let them dream their dream while they may if the dream be short it would at least be sweet it is not right her husband said it is not right it is giving them a false hope which is bound to be dashed when the sale comes sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof said his brother james crossing the threshold he joined his word to his sister-in-laws and together they persuaded the broken man to let the marriage go on to let the two servants sup whatever of joy there might be for them perhaps added the always sanguine rector some man will be good enough to buy the two together any way we can try by an effort his voice was cheerful and his manner buoyant but on his face there was a deeper shadow than that which clouded the brows of his brother for now when his all was gone from which so many had received bounty what would the poor of the county do the sad conversation was hardly finished when aunt suki came in it was something more that she had to say about de wedden fixins she was delighted and garrulous tell you what mass lancaster she said hit do seem to me like old times again all dis fixin and carryin on pears to me like de day of my man jeems done come back again yo speck yo manner and yo disposition and everything des de spitten image of yo pa tain't no one a day named you robert after him i member how he say to me when jeems come a courtin suki he say suki you gwine marry jeems right you gwine marry him wid a preacher and you gwine to live wid him twill you die dey ain't gwine to be no jumpin over de broom and pottin in a year on my plantation you gwine to all de families law bless yo soul when jeems and me married we had de real preacher dere and we stood up and helt hands and peated over twill death do us spot des like white folks it show did make me monstrous happy and glad when i found out you gwine to do de same with lies and ben lies she a good gal and ben be stiddy and mass james she said turning to the rector i know you ain't gwine fuse to marry em out on de poach des like me and james was married it'll do my old eyes good i can a believe my soul be fit for glory den the clergyman cleared his throat to speak but the old woman broke in you ain't gwine fuse mass james lies and ben day loves one another in de real may and way and day hots des sot on you jinin em the brothers gazed for a moment into each other's eyes and then james said huskily all right aunt suki i'll do it she went away happy but over the inmates of the big house a gray pall of sorrow fell easter radiant with flowers and birds and the glorious southern sunshine came but lias had another use for her holiday dress and ben was ashamed to go so neither of them went to the church service a gladder holier service waited for them there followed a happy monday then the night of the wedding came and the long procession of servants marched from aunt suki's cabin in the quarters up to the big house 
the porch was garlanded and festooned under the farther end near where the bridal pair would stand sat the master's family the dark-robed widow whose mind went back sadly to her own brief married life the master the mistress and the rector his face was pale and set but as the strange weird wedding song of the negroes came to his ears and they marched up the steps stiff awkward but proud in the best clothes they could muster he tried to call back to his features the far smile which had always been so ready to welcome them eliza and ben led the way she radiant in her new finery smiling and bridling ben shamefaced head hung and shuffling and behind them aunt suki in all the glory of a new turban and happy as she had been with her jeans years and years ago they halted before the preacher and he pressed his brother's hand and stood up these servants gathered around them eager and expectant the wedding hymn died away into the night a low minor sob as much of sorrow in it as of joy as if it foreshadowed all that this marriage was and was not just as the last faint echo died away into the woods that skirted the lawn and the waiting silence was most intense the hoot of an owl smote upon their ears and eliza turned ashen with fear she gripped ben's arm it was the worst of omens james lancaster knew the superstitions of the people and as he heard the cry of the evil bird his book shook in his hand was it prophetic his voice trembled with more than one emotion as he began dearly beloved the ceremony ran on a deep tone solely with an accompaniment of the anxious breathing of the onlookers and the preacher hesitated he turned for an instant and looked at his brother and in the glance was all the agony of a wounded heart his next words were uttered in a scarcely audible tone till death do us part and after him they all unknowing repeated twill death do us part it was over the couples reformed and followed the bridal pair down the steps on suki hardly containing her joy but ben and eliza somehow subdued as their feet touched the ground of the lawn the owl hooted again and ever and anon his voice was heard as the procession wound its stately way to the place of the next festivities in silence the family from the big house followed the two men walked together as they reached the door of the decorated barn james paused and took his brother's hand till death do them part he cried my god will it be death or the block then with hard forced smiles they turned into the room to open the dance and the fiddles struck up a merry tune End of section twenty